Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Aaron Plyme and Diana Seacon, where we prove that we know nothing about our legal system, but we're still crazy for a good true crime story. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Diana, you did the eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we did our intro to a lady at a vintage shop this weekend. Uh, Two ladies. That's all right. But I remember the one lady specifically because I was trying not to do the eye roll and I made very aggressive eye contact with her. Oh my God. This poor woman. It was weird enough that these random strangers were at her counter like reciting an intro at her. I think they loved it. Well, I hope so because I was so uncomfortable. (laughs) We had a great sticker week though. So many people have stickers in the mail or they receive stickers in person. It's true. And there are more stickers on the way. And if you would like some more, you should email us at diana at crimecrazy.com or erin at crimecrazy.com. It is true. And we will send you stickers because we love you and we want you to be happy. And I'm in the process of ordering even more stickers. I'm so excited. Me too. I like stickers a lot. Agreed. You know what else I like? Pens. That Crime Crazy is sponsored by... (laughs) I do not get that any week. (laughs) Crime Crazy (laughs) is sponsored by Dave Hat and Seb Bryce. Woohoo! Show sponsors support Crime Crazy at the $10 per month level or above. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are awesome. It's so true. If you would like to be awesome like Seb and Dave, you can visit our Patreon and maybe even, I don't know, subscribe. Go to patreon.com slash crimecrazypod. And while you're on the interwebs anyway, why don't you go ahead and check us out on all of the social medias at crimecrazypod or check out our awesome new website, Crazy.com. Uh, also, I don't know. I forgot to check to see if anybody bought you a donut. Oh, I don't know how to check that. Um, I don't know if you can, actually. Oh, <laughs> I think I logged in. Um, I'll, I'll let you know if anybody bought you a donut. Okay. Can I gently request that I use the money for the donuts like next week? Because there is a donut overage in my house right now. And I am <laughs> kind of on a donut bender this week. I am just so relieved to hear that you finally got donuts. Oh my God. I bought donuts yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So wait. I dropped Liam off at camp a couple days ago and I stopped at Byerly's and I got some donuts (laughs) and then you and I got donuts yesterday and I brought three home, which I did not eat last night. I don't remember why. I feel like I should have. Um, I had a delicious rhubarb donut yesterday that was shaped like Minnesota. It was adorable, but rhubarb. It was so good. (laughs) So good. Um, So then from the donuts that I impulse bought when we were out yesterday, I have three left, which I did not eat yesterday. And then we had brunch for Father's Day. And Uh my mom bought a dozen donuts from Glamdoll. And she had to buy a dozen so she could order ahead. But there were only seven of us. And my parents don't like Glamdoll. Oh, no. And their donuts are enormous. And they're enormous. So I have two Glamdoll donuts downstairs. Nice. Yeah. So I'm good for a couple more days. Okay. But after that. Maybe we could buy stickers instead. 
you're catching me at a weak moment and I will agree. I know, I know. <laughs> well, well, because I have a, the security of five donuts downstairs. It's right, right. You're going to have donuts for a little while. You're going to have donuts until you don't want donuts for like a second, and then you want donuts again. Right, but do you know what the best part about having donuts in this house is? That you're the only one that can eat them? Yes! Nobody else is going <laughs> to sneak down in the middle of the night and eat my donuts. <laughs> it's true. That does not happen here. No. We went looking for... Oh, David went looking for his leftover hamburger the other day. Like, we'd gone oh. out to eat. He had a hamburger. He was really looking forward to it. He opened up the fridge to find the leftovers to heat him up. Gone. We're like, where's the hamburger? Tyler's like, oh... Well, I ate Tobin's sliders, and then there was a half a hamburger, so I ate that. I I think that as a household, you just have to acknowledge that when Tyler is home, there is no such thing as a leftover you're going to enjoy the next day. He was all upset about how there was no food in the house yesterday. We're like, okay, first of all, we can't fit any more food in this house. It's just not what you wanted. And secondly, um, we're the ones who don't get to eat any of the things that we like because we've eaten it all. (laughs) (sighs) Well, if I run into a true donut overage that I cannot take care of by myself, I will send Mm -hmm. some over for Tyler. Sounds good. The the chances of that are very low, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no. Also, he has a job. He can buy his own fucking donuts. I was gonna say, there are probably donuts at his job. I mean, they're like gas true. station donuts, but still. In a pinch, they'll do. Right? When you're working the overnight shift. Yeah. It's a perfectly acceptable donut. I think so. So, so Diana, you've been teasing me about the thing you learned this week. And you said uh-huh. that... I might know it. And if I don't know it, I'm going to wonder how I never knew it. And like, I just have to know. <laughs> okay. Do you know what the third degree means? Well, I mean, I know what it means. I don't know where it came from. But like, if you give someone the third degree, like you're like questioning them intensely. Yeah. Okay. So I went looking. So I have this book. It's a real book. <laughs> Case Files of the NYPD. Got Case it. Files of the NYPD. And Jeff got it for me for my birthday or Christmas. I don't remember which. And I was reading it the other day. And they talked about the third degree. Okay. And they described it. And I, like, all I ever knew was, like, intense interrogation. But why is it the yeah. third degree? <laughs> like, what's special about that? So right. I went looking into that. And... Um, the answer is very unsatisfactory in that there is no specific conclusion about why it's called the third degree. But the one that seems to be the most popular is that, like all good things, it involves the Freemasons. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> that caught me off guard. I'm excited. Um, so there are three degrees of membership in Masonic Lodges. The first one is called Entered Apprentice. The second one is called Fellowcraft, and the third is Master Mason. And to get that third uh, degree of membership, you're subjected to a lot of activities that involve interrogation and might be more physically challenging Mm. than for the other two degrees. Uh, So that's where they think that name came up in the U.S. Well, that makes sense. But when I was reading in the case files of the NYPD, so this term may predate what I'm about to tell you, which was in the 1880s. Mm -hmm. In 1880, a guy named Thomas Byrnes, B-Y-R-N-E-S. Byrnes? B-Y-R-N-E-S. Yeah, uh, maybe Byrnes, I suppose. 
Um, but he was the head of detectives. And he preferred to use psychological methods to get confessions out of the criminals that he was working with. That's how I would roll. Mind yeah. games. Absolutely. Fuck with your mind all the way. <laughs> That's right. Um, so he was the last in the step of interrogation. So he'd send in the first round of questioning. Uh, that would be done by the arresting mm. officer. And that was the first degree. And then the assigned detective would go in and do his interrogation. And that was the second degree. And if neither of those methods were effective, then the head, the chief of detectives, this Thomas Burns, would come in and do all the psychological shit. And that was the third degree. The third degree. Yep. Yikes. Also, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in that spot. Like, that sounds really intimidating. <laughs> it, it really does. I would also probably break, like, the minute they came at me with the cuffs. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I always used to tell, I still do. If I do something and I'm like, oh, my mom would not approve. I always tell her. Mm-hmm. Like, so I did this thing. I realize you live across the country and I am almost 40 and you don't <laughs> care. But I need to let you know that. Yeah. Yeah, every time I think something like, I'm not going to tell my mom about this because I don't want to hear about it, I totally end up telling her because not telling her is worse than the hearing about it. <laughs> yeah. I hope that my children feel that way about me. I hope that they are 37 years old and they call me and they're like, Mom, I ran a red light or some stupid shit like that that I really don't care <laughs> Right. Well, And that's the funny thing is like... I am 44 years old. Right. And I'm clearly like a grown up. There are so I mean, many like things, a grown up. It, like a grown up. But there are so many things that I tell, like, I think, like, I'm not tell my mom she's going to super mad. I'm going to hear about it. And then she's like, well, that was fucking dumb. And that's it. Like, it never comes up. It's like. <laughs> right. She doesn't care. She, no. Unless like, you murder someone, it's just not that big of a deal. And honestly, it's going to depend who I murder. Like, we've got a list. Well. <laughs> that she would definitely bail me out for. That's but fair. I think the main thing yet. is, like, have you pissed off the people at work irreparably? Yeah. <laughs> have you pissed me off irreparably? Have you done something to your kid? No. No fucks. Okay. Yeah. Right. Do you need well, money? My, <laughs> like, why are you telling me? <laughs> right. Mine is usually I spent a ton of money on some stupid shit. Like I made a decision. I adopted another animal. I, you know, Thought like you did something kid. dumb like that. Or a kid. Or I've stolen another kid. Or whatever. She tried to steal a baby at the restaurant yesterday. I did not try to steal the baby. I made loving eye contact with the baby until it smiled at me and it was all happy and delightful and it was beautiful. And the whole time you're telling me that's such a beautiful baby. Look how beautiful that baby is. That baby's so it was a ser- beautiful. That whole family was gorgeous. They were, but you can't have their babies. <sighs> they mean, really liked like that's that baby. An opinion. How do you know? You're just guessing. I mean, they did seemed- you ask them? Well, no, but they seemed very attached Oh my God, Diana, yesterday we went to the park. <laughs> was this little kid. And I never could figure out what his name was, but he came over. My kids were on this boat swing and he, was, he wanted to play. And he got on the boat swing and he couldn't get on. He was wearing his bike helmet the whole time. So he was like really dorky and cute. <laughs> and so I helped him on. He was not at all shy or nervous about us. He just wanted to play with my kids. And um, 
so I helped him onto the swing and then we pushed him for a long time and then I helped him off of the swing and like his mom came over a couple times and like she knew he was like on the swing with us and and all so she knew what was going on um and then at the end I like picked him up and put him on the ground and then he chased after Sophie they went off to play on the slide and it was really cute and then like five minutes later I looked down and I realized <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt that says light on cannibalism, but otherwise all sorts of messed up and has a big bloody knife across the bottom. And I've been holding this woman's child. She seemed cool with it. His shirt said, I'm with the band. Nice. I I think we should be friends with this lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, then she took her other kids to the car and he and she called him and he didn't follow because he and Sophie were playing hard. <laughs> and, um, and then she like was away at the car for a really long time. And where it was like she could see the playground. She could see he was still there. She could see he was still like it wasn't. But I had this moment of like, is she going to drive off and then he's going to be mine? Is that how this is going to end? <laughs> and see, in my world, that sentence would have been. Is she going to drive off and now he's mine? <laughs> right. Like with a, a distasteful like, kind Oh, God. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You come yeah. back here and take your child. And mine was like, is this how I get my next kid? <laughs> this is awesome. I didn't know it worked this way. <laughs> I didn't know when in business school they told me to always be looking for opportunities. That that's how people would interpret it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like this episode between you saying that you and your mom have a list of people that you're going to murder and me saying that I tried to steal this woman's child, like. (sighs) Have I never told you that my mom owes me a hitman? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Like, what? So my college boyfriend dumped me, right? Okay. And uh, at my parents' house because I was home for the summer. And then apparently went in our front yard and barfed, which is how they figured out that something was wrong. And so my mom comes in my room and I'm, of course, crying in very dramatic 19-year-old girl fashion. Yes. And my family's not good with the emotional stuff. (laughs) Okay. Um, I would have guessed, Diana. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I emote all over the goddamn place. Mm -hmm. Um. But we're not we're not good at that sort of thing. So, you know, she comes in. She's like, what's wrong? And, like, oh, and not really knowing what to do and not being the kind of mom that's going to, like, sit down on my bed and put her arm around me and ask her, you know, tell me to tell her all about it. She stands in my doorway and looks at me uncomfortably and says, would you like me to get you a hitman? <laughs> but I need to know what your response to that question was. I mean, it was probably yes. Yeah, so I was pretty heartbroken, right? But I never took her up on it. I am, in fact, Facebook friends with that very boyfriend. <laughs> and uh, but every once in a while, we bring it up. Like, you still owe me that hitman for when Nate dumped me. <laughs> you know? um, also. Does is it boyfriend specific or could this be a hitman just like you just have a hitman credit? I'm choosing to believe it's a credit because I have no malice towards that particular boyfriend. Okay. Nate, you're in the clear. Yeah, I don't know that he listens. Well <laughs> he's gonna start now just to make sure he's always in the clear. Aaron? Yes. Do you have a story for me? I do. Yay. 
So it's been a couple of weeks since I've told a story, mm-hmm. but if you have a really good memory, you'll remember that my last story involved a total sicko who liked to murder and occasionally chew on people because mm-hmm. he had an idol and his idol was Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Are we going to talk about Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker? We are. (laughs) It seemed only fitting that that be my connection. I am very excited about this. So before I really get into it, though, I have sort of a disclaimer, which is that I read about like 15 articles. Actually, I I read another one after I wrote that I had written, read, wow. After I wrote that I had read 15 articles, I then went back and did more research. Um, Every time I read an article, there were like whole new victim lists that the other articles hadn't contained. He was seriously prolific. I know I don't have everybody. I hate that I don't have everybody, but I don't have everybody. (laughs) He was prolific. He was very prolific. And, um, very graphic. Yeah. So I, I have some graphic stuff in here. There is no cannibalism. So. Sorry, Courtney. I know. I know. But Dave is excited. (laughs) Um, and, there, um, but there, there is a lot of blood and there are a lot of horrible things and the ages are all over the place. So it starts off really awful. Um, but that being said, it is also because there were so many victims and I wanted to include as many as possible. It's a little bit of a, a bullet list of just high points for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So it may not even be all that bloody. Um, so Ricardo Richard Muniz Ramirez, which is a lot of names, was yes. born February 29th, 1960, which was about three months before my mom in and El was- Paso, Texas. Leap day. And it was leap day. <laughs> it was leap day. Maybe that was the issue. Maybe. Not right. having a birthday except right? every four years. That's right. going to be annoying. Right. Or, you know, something with the stars and the moon and awfulness. I don't know, because this guy was something else. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had a lot of bad influences in his life. So growing up, one of his very best friends and people that he idolized the most was his cousin, Mike. And Mike had been a soldier. He was with the Special Forces in Vietnam. And he would get together with Richard and he would tell him all of these stories about his time in Vietnam, who he tortured, who he raped, who he killed, graphic descriptions of the things that he had done. Uh, They would smoke a lot of pot or get high or drunk in other ways. And they would just relive all of this awfulness that Mike had done. So, um, Mike was one of these special people that should have just been a regular serial killer that ended up on death row somewhere, except he's in the military. So it was totally cool. Um, but he did. Sure. Which is worse. I, I mean, if the stories that he told Ramirez were true, then they were crimes, regardless of the fact that he was allowed to kill people. True, true. So, but it didn't, I mean, it didn't matter. He didn't 
get charged with or convicted of any of those crimes. He did, however, um, one night when Ramirez was a teenager and over at Mike's house, uh, Mike decided that he was done with his wife and he shot and he killed her in front of Richard Ramirez. So this kid, Ugh. right? Witnessed and the whole thing. How old was he? He was a teenager. Um, I want to say he was like 15, but I don't, I didn't write it down. Um, but he walked away from the scene as if nothing had happened and even had her blood on him and it still didn't even phase him. He might have just been in shock. He might have been, but not very many years later, he went on to become this horrific serial killer. So I suspect a total lack of empathy as well. Yeah. So, uh, in 1985, 25-year-old Ramirez started, well, not started his criminal career because he had been a criminal for a very long (laughs) time, but he started with the murders. So, two girls were abducted and assaulted within two weeks of each other, um, and then both were left in places other than where they had been taken from, and they were six and nine years old. (sighs) So, little kids. Then in March of the same year, on the 17th, he attacked 22-year-old Maria Hernandez outside of her home. He shot her while they were still outside, and then he went inside. And he didn't realize at this point that Maria was not dead. So you know how when someone goes to hurt hurt you, like your instinct is to throw up your hands? Mm -hmm. She had done that and she was holding her keys and through some amazing stroke of luck, the bullet hit the keys and ricocheted and she survived. Holy shit. Right? Um, So he went inside. She was still outside. I'm not sure how badly injured she was, but she, she survived. However, Dale Okazaki was inside. He was 34 years old and he was not so lucky. Ramirez shot and killed him. So a couple days later, he Ramirez apparently felt that he needed to celebrate this amazing thing that he had done. These four people whose lives he had taken and or ruined. Um, and so he kidnapped and raped a young girl repeatedly before releasing her in celebration. I prefer cake. Yes, me too. <laughs> Perhaps some singing, maybe some alcohol. Yeah, a candle. I enjoy a candle. Yeah, Sophia does not enjoy a candle. But, no, you know, she does not. <laughs> she does not. <laughs> Please don't light it on fire. Um, <sighs> so Ramirez then traveled to Monterey Park, and 30-year-old Sai Lian Yu was in her car when Ramirez came across her, and he pulled her out of the vehicle, shot her several times, and then left. She actually was still breathing when the police arrived, but she didn't make it to the hospital, and she was never able to speak to them or identify the person who had hurt her. Um, so at this point, Ramirez had done a lot of damage in a very short period of time and the media had caught on and everyone in the area was very concerned, um, because he had left some victims alive. There was a description, which was pretty vague and generalized. It was a young male. He had bulging eyes and curly hair. And then my very favorite part is wide spaced, rotting teeth. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yep. 
Um, they just went with curly hair. They didn't go with like amazing hair, epic. No. Like, in the annals of serial killers, the, the best, best hair. The best hair. I just agree. Just the best hair. Right? I mean, I guess something had to make up for the fact that his mouth was just rotting. Yeah. And he wasn't otherwise terribly attractive. No. <laughs> Even he, outside of the well, horrible mouth. I mean, he's not bad looking. He just looks ill. He does. He looks like he needs a meal. He does. He does. I feel like he's got some some features that are kind of traditionally handsome. Um, but then he also looks like a psychopath. Like you just look at him yeah. and you're like, mm, there's something wrong with your eyes. It's not the fact that they bug out a little bit. It's that they are dead. And <laughs> yeah, no, he looks it, it maybe just because I kind of remember a little bit of this, but he looks like what you think of when you think fucking psycho serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very much so. Um, so the media gave him a nickname at this point too. Actually, they gave him two nicknames because he was extra scary, I guess. Um, <laughs> they named him the Valley Intruder because he had broken into homes and also the Walk-In Killer. Neither of which are are scary enough, in my opinion. Oh. Walk-In makes it sound like he goes into a closet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, I don't know. Neither, like, the Valley Intruder does not let everyone know that he murders and rapes and beats and does horrible things to people yeah, and the then intruding is really the least of what's going on there. right not a big deal the walk-in killer just sounds kind of friendly except for killer <laughs> he didn't have an appointment you're right he just showed up <laughs> not on schedule um 10 days after these crimes he struck again and this time he shot a 64 year old man named vincent zazara which is a really fun name to na say. I'm probably saying it wrong, but <laughs> you should try it if you're feeling sad. Um, and also his 44-year-old wife, Maxine. But instead of leaving, both of them died, but instead of leaving right after having shot them, he stuck around to experiment with the bodies. So he stabbed Maxine repeatedly. He carved a T-shape into her left breast, very much like my last guy who was a little mm -hmm. obsessed with the left breast. Um, and then he gouged out her eyes. Mm. Escalating. Escalating very much. Also the whole like total lack of empathy and experimenting with the bodies and whatever else that might imply about him. Um, but at, at this point, I do have to point out that he has become an enucleator, which is another fun word to say, even though it's horrific. I don't know what that means. It means you cut the eyes out. 